Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining our Q1 operational and financial results presentation. My name is Sebastian de Montessu. I'm the CEO of Endeavor Mining, and it's a pleasure to be talking to you all once again. Before we start, I'd like to ask you all to please note today's call is covered by our disclaimer and notice on forward-looking statements. The format for today's call will follow our usual format for quarterly results. I will provide an overview of the results. Our CFO, Louis Arvine, will then review our financial performance, uh, followed by Marc Morcombe, who will discuss the operations, and I will conclude before opening the Q&A. Ahead uh, of exploration, Patrick is also with us here today and available to answer any exploration questions you may have. Before we dive into our results, I just wanted to briefly touch on our response to uh, the uh, coronavirus pandemic. I'm pleased to say that all our operations are currently running at near normal levels and we are still shipping gold, albeit with increased health and safety measures to keep our workers safe and prevent the spread of the measures uh, to keep um, and spread the, of the virus. Um, back in March, uh, we did have a few employees uh, who were tested positive for COVID-19 and I'm pleased to say they have all fully recovered. Uh, since then, uh, we have not had any reported cases to date. Across West Africa, governments were quick to implement strong measures to minimize the spread of the virus by leveraging their experience from the Ebola crisis. So far, these countries have uh, all successfully contained the spread of COVID-19 with their proactive responses. However, we continue to remain extremely vigilant. Our response to COVID-19 is being managed by a designated team who are supported by a well-regarded epidemiologist and an 11-person medical team from a leading U.S. NGO who will be deployed as and when the need arises throughout the countries where we operate. Here on slide 7, you can see a snapshot of the epidemiological surveillance system we've developed with our team to live track cases at each of our operations and across the three countries where we operate. This is helping us to design mitigation and business continuity efforts for the group, while also ensuring we best support our communities and the national authorities. Our primary focus throughout this crisis has been the protection of employees, contractors, and local communities. We are also making sure that we contribute meaningfully to the national and local efforts in our host countries, helping to supply key medical equipment and training dozens of local health workers. On top of this, we have committed so far $6 million to support local and national efforts, including salary donations from our leadership team. Turning now to slide nine, I will briefly touch upon our business continuity plans. Alongside our health and safety measures, we have reviewed and stress tested different business operations, supply chain and shipping scenarios based on various escalations of proactive measures. These range from normal course of business to care and maintenance, and you can see the details of those here on this slide. 
We currently are operating in a level one environment with enhanced preventive measures to ensure that we can continue to ship and sell gold despite the closure of borders. Alongside our focus on the commercial aspects, we have also reviewed our site roster systems to ensure we had key people on site before borders were closed. This has worked well and we are very grateful to them in helping to keep our operations running. I must say that it's at a time like this, uh, during a crisis, that you find out about your own team and I've been really impressed by them. I'm proud of the speed and dedication that all of our people have shown in their response to this crisis and I thank them for it. To my, this, to my employees uh, and staff listening to this call, in addition to dealing with the COVID outbreak, we now also need to make fatigue management a priority, as I know that some of you are now into your second straight roster, and we will reiterate this on our internal quarterly results call later today. As just described, we have weathered the COVID-19 crisis well so far, and I'm pleased to see our strategies and precautionary measures have worked. However, Whilst we are seeing the lockdown being lifted across a number of European countries, we need to remain cautious and vigilant in West Africa. Turning now to our performance this quarter, uh, I'm pleased to report that our Q1 results are consistent with our 2020 guidance and that we have achieved the record operating cash flow this quarter. Looking at our group LTI frequency rate, it remains well below the industry average at 0.26 for the last 12 months. Group production for Q1 stands at 172,000 ounces, placing us on track to meet our 680 to 740,000 ounce guidance. And the same is true of our group audience sustaining cost level, standing at $899 per ounce this quarter, which we expect to see decrease in the second half of the year into our guidance range, as we will begin to benefit from the high-grade carry pump deposit at Hyundai. Moving to slide 11 and our safety record, Unfortunately, our company experienced two LTIs during Q1. As I mentioned on our last call for our um, 2019 year-end results, we regrettably had a fatality at our Kama mine back in February. Since then, we've done a full assessment of the accident to make sure this doesn't happen again. And I will let Mark run through this later in the presentation. Safety has and always will be the most important factor for us, and we will continue to be vigilant in identifying root causes of LTIs and further increasing the safety of our operations. As I mentioned earlier, we need to be careful with fatigue management. We must keep placing health and safety first while doing our best to operate in this challenging environment. Ensuring our employees go home safely every day is the most important goal we have. Endeavour saw another strong quarter in terms of production, which increased by 54% this quarter over Q119, driven by the startup of the ETCIL operation. All-in sustaining cost increased by 3% to $899 per ounce, driven by the scheduled higher cost at both Hyundai and Agbao and higher royalties, which were partially offset with lower costs from the ETCIL operation startup and Karma, in addition to lower corporate costs. Despite operating under the COVID-19 environment, Q1 uh, production decreased by only 3% cover over Q4 and uh, 19 due to slight increases at Hyundai, ET, and Karma. All-in sustaining cost increased by $80 an ounce in Q1 uh, compared to Q4 19 due to higher royalties 
and the guy did a higher cost at Hyundai, Agbo, and Kama, as we have previously disclosed. As you can see on this next slide, we've generated over $100 million per quarter of all-in sustaining margin over the last nine months. This is a substantial increase compared to Q1 last year, thanks to a stronger gold price and ETCIL production ramping up. Our margin improved over Q4 last year due to the benefit of the higher gold price, which offset our expected higher cost due to CapEx being H1 weighted. Moving to slide 14, as you can see, we reached a record level of operating cash flow. Uh, it is particularly pleasing to see this increasing curve, and I will let Luis walk you through the underlying details in the finance section. Looking closer at our free cash flow generation before debt servicing on slide 15, you can see here that Q3 of last year was the inflection point for us after finishing construction at ET. We're proud to have generated $187 million since this inflection point with $55 million net cash generated in Q1. This is particularly compelling for us as the second half of the year is expected to be significantly stronger due to our expected higher production at lower all-in sustaining cost. In addition, we will also benefit from, our, um, from the end of our aging program uh, at the end of June. Moving on to slide 16, as a result of this sustained period of cash flow generation, we've reduced our net debt by nearly $190 million over the past three quarters. Overall, we have decreased from a peak net debt of $660 million at the end of the second quarter of last year to $473 million, which resulted in a significant improvement in our net debt to EBITDA ratio to just above one time. It's worth bearing in mind that uh, we have decreased this ratio from a peak of almost three times just 12 months ago. This quick deleveraging will, of course, allow us to accelerate our shareholder return strategy, which we are looking forward to formalizing later this year. And now I'd like to um, hand over to Luis to take you through the financials in greater detail. Uh, over to you, Luis. Thanks very much, uh, Sebastian, and hello to everyone. As Sebastian said, this has been a good quarter, and looking at slide 18, you can see that we have enjoyed a record quarter in terms of revenues, adjusted EBITDA, as well as operating cash flow. The increase in revenues against relatively stable operating costs meant that our adjusted EBITDA increased by 32% over the past quarter to $130 million. That's also an increase of 217% from the same quarter last year. Meanwhile, our operating cash flow before working capital increased by 46, 146% from quarter one 2019 to $119 million. Over the next few slides, I'll walk you through the details behind these numbers. Let's turn now to slide 19, where we have provided a breakdown of the major elements used to derive our all-in margin. We have highlighted here some key elements, and I'd like to take you through them now, starting with revenue. As I noted earlier, revenue increased as a, as a result of more gold sold by the company and the higher realized gold price. Cash cost of sales increased on a nominal basis due to higher production compared to quarter one, 2019. On a dollars per ounce basis, it was $661 per ounce in quarter one, 2020, up $24 per ounce and down $2 per ounce compared to quarter four and quarter one of 2019 respectively. 
The increase over quarter four was mainly driven by higher costs at both Hyundai and Agile, which was slightly offset by lower costs at Karma. Royalties increased over quarter four due to higher realized gold price and an increase in government royalty rates based on different sliding scales, details of which have been provided in the news release and the MDNA. Looking at our sustaining capital spend, the increase is mainly due to increased waste capitalization at Hyundai. As you may have noticed in our guidance, capital spend for this year is more heavily weighted to the first half. Non-sustaining capital spend decreased slightly over quarter four due to decreases at both Karma and Hyundai, which was slightly offset by an increase at ET, mainly related to a TSF raise. The non-sustaining exploration capital spend for quarter one 2020 increased over quarter four of last year due to exploration drilling mainly being carried out during the first half of the year to take advantage of the dry season. We can see that it was up slightly over quarter one 2019, which Patrick will comment on later. In summary, these changes resulted in a decrease of the all-in margin by $5 million over quarter four 2019 and an increase of $58 million compared to quarter one, 2019. On the next slide, we start from the all-in margin as shown on the previous slide and work our way to the net cash inflow for the group. Starting with working capital, a further reduction of $9 million was recorded in working capital levels compared to quarter four of 2019, most notably a reduction in inventories of $11 million during the quarter. More detail is provided in the table at the top right of this slide. Taxes paid increased compared to quarter one 2019, mainly due to provisional tax paid at the Hyundai mine, while they significantly decreased over quarter four due to the scheduling of payments. The interest paid increased compared to quarter one 2019, mainly due to interest payment on equipment leases at ETI. The increase over quarter four meanwhile is due to the timing of convertible bond coupon payments. Moving to our M&A line item for quarter one 2020, this includes the consideration for the increased 5% ET ownership and um, we obtained during the first quarter and uh, advisory fees related to the proposed semaphore transaction and previous engagement with the board of sentiment. Finally, in terms of proceeds of long-term debt, $120 million was drawn on the revolving credit facility as part of our COVID-19 business continuity program. This was a precaution to ensure that Endeavor would have substantial liquidity and financial flexibility to operate under various stress test scenarios. Moving to slide 21, we can see the increase in cash flow before working capital per share since quarter one 2019 um, and our cash flow per share at, recorded at the end of the fourth quarter of $1.14. The slide highlights the steady increase that we've seen over the last five quarters, an increase of 93 cents since quarter one, 2019. Turning to slide 22, here we have highlighted the significant improvement of our financial position through the lens of our reduced net debt and reduced net debt to EBITDA metrics, as Sebastian touched on earlier. Net debt amounted to $473 million at the end of the first quarter a decrease of $187 million since reaching a peak net debt of $660 million during quarter two of 2019. Similarly, the net debt to adjusted EBITDA ratio significantly improved over the quarter, decreasing from 1.48 times at the end of 2019 to 1.06 times at the end of the first quarter, 
based on a trailing 12-month adjusted EBITDA. This marks a large improvement from the corresponding period last year, where the ratio stood at 2.96 times. As I noted earlier, as part of our COVID-19 business continuity program, we grew down the entirety of our available revolving credit facility, increasing our cash reserves to $357 million at the end of the quarter. Slide 23 details our net earnings and adjusted earnings per share of 30 cents for quarter one 2020. Underlying earnings were also positive at 24 cents per share. The main takeaway here is that this was a much cleaner quarter than in prior quarters with relatively few adjustments relating to non-recurring costs in order to arrive at the adjusted earnings number. Finally, moving on to slide 24, you can see how our quarterly adjusted earnings have trended since the start of 2019 when we finished construction at ET. Compared with quarter one 2019, we have seen an increase of 35 cents per share. And that's it from me. I'll be happy to answer any questions at the end, and I will now hand over to Mark to give us an update on each of the mines and the projects. Thanks, Louis, and hello to everyone on the call. I hope that you're all doing well in whatever level of confinement you are currently enjoying. Before we dive into the quarterly performance, I'd just like to reflect on the fatality that occurred at Karma in late February, which involved the loss of control of a grader when its engine failed near the top of the Cow North pit ramp. We conducted an internal and external investigation into this fatality and have adopted many actions at Karma and across the group to prevent reoccurrence. These lessons apply to the way we conduct and sign off maintenance related checks, how we undertake operational checks on emergency steering and parking systems, along with a number of other actions. Importantly, these lessons apply not just to heavy mining equipment, those are light vehicles, cranes and contractor fleet. Since the fatality, the team at Karma have responded really well in terms of renewed focus on operational safety and performance. To kick off the operations overview, the production bridge on slide 26 highlights the variances between quarter one 2020 and the corresponding period last year. The completion of the CIL project has had by far the greatest impact on our results over the last 12 months with the first gold port even taking place at the end of Q1 2019. We are happy with our Q1 performance as the group is tracking in line with guidance and I'm extremely proud of how the team is working together in the COVID-19 environment. I would like to echo Sebastian in thanking our teams for their hard work and dedication through this time. As already mentioned, during the first quarter, we operated at near normal levels and we will keep monitoring how the situation evolves. Our workforce and our unions have worked closely together to ensure that we manage fatigue and wellbeing with longer than normal work rosters to manage in-country quarantine requirements. Our supply chain has responded well to ensure adequate stock levels of key reagents. The area that has been most difficult to manage is where we require specialist skills for planned and unplanned tasks who were not able to travel to West Africa, in which case we've appreciated their support via remote means Similar, how, similar to how many of us are currently working. Turning to slide 27, I will start by taking you through our performance at ITI. You can see that production has remained flat in the past quarter, as higher throughput and recovery has compensated for the slight decrease in processed grade. Total tons mine increased predominantly due to being able to utilise the larger mining trucks, 
based both on the work done to improve roadways and other running surfaces and less drain interruptions. Increased volumes of waste were mined for the tailing stand lift, which will be completed by the end of May. In terms of all in sustaining costs, we have seen a decrease at ITI due to increased volumes of gold sold and lower unit mining and site GNA costs, which were partially offset by higher sustaining capital. In the coming quarters, all production sources will vary, with Bakatu dropping out in the second half of the year due predominantly to the rainy season, while all production from Dupleuk will increase. This will be complemented with ore from the Collinswood pit in the second half of the year, with feed from historic stockpiles continuing to supplement plant feed. We also expect recovery rates to decrease as an increased proportion of Dupleuk fresh ore is processed. On the exploration front, we expect to announce updated Leplac resources and reserves mid-year, along with an updated ITI mine plan to incorporate the expanded Leplac resource base. We are well underway with the process to get the necessary permits and approvals for Leplac in the upcoming quarters. Moving on to Hyundai, production remained flat, as slightly higher, than through, as slightly higher throughput offsets slightly lower recovery rates while the process grade remained stable. The main focus continued to be bulk waste mining at each of our pits, which was given a boost with the arrival of the PC3000 excavator from Karma, which immediately settled into high productivity mining at Vindaloo Centre. The addition of this machine and three of the larger track doses from ITI will enable the mine to achieve higher total mining volumes planned for 2020 compared to 2019 and enable us to open up the pits for increased ore production in the second half of the year. Process grades remain stable as we use stockpiles to supplement the mine feed during the quarter. All in sustaining costs increased, as you can see here, although less than anticipated. This was mainly due to higher sustaining capital and unit processing costs, which was partially offset by lower unit mining and GNA costs. Looking ahead, all low-grade stockpiles are expected uh, to continue to supplement mill feed while mining focuses on waste capitalisation. For 2020 as a whole, Hyundai is expected to finish the year strongly on the basis of commencing mining at Carry Pump as Boro production winds down. The permitting process is well underway and our expectation is, is that this will be received in quarter three 2020. Patrick will cover exploration in more detail in his section though it is worth noting that an updated resource estimate is expected to be released mid-year, along with maiden reserves for Carry West, which will be followed by the publication of an updated Hyundai mine plan. Due to continued exploration success around the Carry Centre area, a new mineralised zone was discovered, which was named rather imaginatively as Carry Gap. Consequently, an updated resource estimate will be announced mid-year with maiden reserves later in the year due to ongoing metallurgical and geotechnical analysis given its increased size. Turning to slide 29, here is a quick look at Agbau, where production decreased in line with expectations as mining neared completion in West Pit 5, requiring recommencement of ore production from the North Pit and lower grade ore from the South Pit. Slightly lower plant recoveries were due to the fresh ore feed from North Pit, although we did achieve higher throughput due to less influence in the blend from the slabby West Pit 5 ore. 
Oil and sustaining costs increased due to lower gold sales, higher sustaining capital and high, higher mining unit costs due to recommencement of mining in the North Pit, which was partially offset by lower processing and GNA unit costs. For the rest of the year, we expect to continue mining in the North and South Pits, with contributions from the West Pit stopping in the second half of the year. This means that throughput and recovery rates are expected to decrease in the second half of the year as greater volumes of harder fresh ore are processed. Slide 30 takes us to Karma, where production remained flat as the increase in grade stacks compensated for marginal decrease in stack tonnage and recovery. Mining was concentrated on the Cow North Pit, which provided the majority of the autumn stacks for the quarter. So importantly, mining was started mid-quarter at the GG1 pit to ensure sufficient feed over the course of the year. GG1 is located approximately five kilometres west of the Heap Leach facility, whereas Cow North is, main, is located 12 kilometres to the southwest. And consequently, the mining team did very well to split the fleet and maintain good production rates throughout the quarter. The higher grades at Cow North meant that the stack grade increased marginally. All in sustaining costs increased, albeit outperforming guidance, mainly due to the increase in mining and GNA unit costs, along with increased royalties and sustaining capital. Looking at the rest of the year, we will continue mining at the Cow North Pit and GG1. Though with the commencement of the next phase of the Cow North Pit, GG1 will make up a high proportion of the ore feed, which will see grades come down slightly. Before I hand over to Patrick for an exploration update, Slide 31 provides an overview of the status of work on our two standalone projects. Studies are underway with the aim of publishing a PEA on FEDACRO and PFS on Kalana later this year. At FEDACRO, we have completed early stage studies based on the current 1.2 million ounce resource to help form an internal view of the project. The exploration team is currently working on increasing the resource which will be updated in the coming months and which will form the mining inventory for the pre-feasibility study. Once these studies are published on FEDACRO and Kalana, we will be better positioned to, to decide which project we prioritise. In addition, we will also need to include the SEMCO projects in our project assessment. This concludes my section. Patrick, over to you. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Mark, and uh, hello to everyone on the call. So a quick update on our exploration effort this quarter. Uh, looking at slide 31, you can see a snapshot of our exploration activity in Q1 2020. Uh, we saw a company-wide exploration spend of uh, around $17 million this quarter, representing approximately 40% of the 2020 full year budget. As it was noticed by and uh, said by Luis, uh, it has been uh, quite a record quarter of activity for us. And I would say that uh, sometime unlike some of our competitors, we were even more active on the exploration front while respecting strictly the COVID uh, preventing processes. In total, the spend translated into over 108,000 meters being drilled across uh, our assets, but mainly focused and to be more concentrated on UNDE, ET, and FETECRO. You can see here on the right how the spending this quarter has been split across 
or near mine and greenfield exploration activity this quarter, basically two-thirds for brownfield, brownfield and one-third for greenfield on Fetecro. At ET, all, most of the drilling concentrated on the Le Plaque area as we continue to explore that area at depth and also extending the Le Plaque deposit towards the southwest in a new area that uh, was not known before while expanding a little bit Le Plaque main and uh, Le Plaque north. Uh, we have been also working on the Daple southwest and uh, target area Uh, where uh, we are delineating uh, some positive results that we had a few years ago. Fetecro exploration focus remain on the Lafigue deposit. It has to be noticed that during the last quarter of uh, 2019, uh, drilling has been ex uh, expanding, and uh, today we have expanded significantly the Lafigue deposit. Uh, we plan to drill for the first part of the year uh, at least 60,000 meters, which uh, only, uh, I would say, 40% has been drilled at the end of the first quarter. We are working today with C3 on Fetecro, and uh, as said before, we plan to announce uh, around mid-year a uh, new increased resource level. Looking ahead to the rest of the year, we expect to see the result of our efforts, including the resource increases for the Cari area at Unde. Again, in Cari, it will include some increased resource, indicated resource in Cari West, in Cari Center, and new resource on the area named Cari Gap, which is separating Cari Center and Cari South. For the Le Plaque area at ET also, then we increase the resource, and also at Fedecro. As you can see here, and from Mark's slide also, is going to be a very exciting first half of the year for Endeavor and the full year probably in the same way. Uh, it will be good for Endeavor to uh, increase uh, the resource base as we did previously. And on the exploration front, uh, we are quite positive in terms of the outcome. I look forward to updating to you on our progress next quarter. And now I hand out, I'll hand you back to Sebastian now to wrap up the call. Thank you very much, uh, Luis, Mark, and Patrick. Uh, before we conclude, I wanted to touch on our combination with uh, Semaphore. As you know, we announced this um, combination uh, in late March with the shareholder meetings uh, scheduled on May 28th. This transaction is something we are very excited about as together we will create a leading West African producer Not only this, but the merger will provide operational diversification across six mines, four of which will have combined production of over 800,000 ounces a year. On this slide, we have mapped out a snapshot of Proforma Q1 results for the two companies, demonstrating the strong Proforma metrics. The companies together produce a quarter of a million ounces at very similar audience sustaining costs below $900. As you see highlighted in the box, this generated nearly $190 million in operating cash flow. As we previously mentioned, the combined group will have a very healthy balance sheet, which when you include the upcoming La Mancha equity placement, representing 0.5 times net debt to adjusted EBITDA ratio. This increased size and liquidity is important for us as it means that we will be able to meet the investment hurdles for a number of larger funds that currently wants to invest in us.
Moving to slide 35, uh, we have annualized the Proforma Q1 key metrics to give you a flavor of what the combined group might look like on a full year basis. The companies together can produce over a million ounces at below $900 per ounce, equating to approximately $750 million in operating cash flow. More, by the way, than uh, B2 Gold is forecasting. At this rate, our net debt to EBITDA would sit close to zero uh, by year end. I believe that these are conservative numbers as both companies expect a strong second half of the year. On the end of the side, thanks to higher grades at Carry Pump and for Semafo, thanks to the restart of Bungu. This is one of many reasons why we are very excited about the outlook for the combined companies. Moving to slide 36, you can see how this combination can translate into a tangible re-rating potential for the group. This will place us with the uh, top 15, within the top 15 gold producer globally and also make us uh, the largest gold producer in Côte d'Ivoire and Burkina Faso. Finally, before we wrap up the call, I'd like to show you the consensus 2020 free cash flow yield for the combined group, which sits at 12%. As you see here, if you annualize Q1, uh, it currently stands at 16%. We believe that as we continue to deliver free cash flow, this should lead to a significant re-rating. It is interesting to see that if we were to trade at the peer average of 6% yield, this would represent a share price appreciation of nearly 100%. To wrap up our presentation and before we take questions, I'd like to take a brief look at the year ahead of for Endeavor and the key moments for us. As I mentioned at the start, the shareholder meetings are scheduled on 28th of May and we urge you to vote. You might also have um, seen this morning that we received a notice from the Director of Investments under the Investment Canada Act indicating that the Minister of Innovation, Science and Economic Development is considering whether to order a national security review of this transaction. This ties back to the Canadian government announcing enhanced review measures under the Investment Canada Act in response to COVID-19. As we do not have assets in Canada and we do not produce anything national security related, we don't expect that this will be an issue and expect, and expect to close this transaction sometime in June. There might have been a mistake with the TMAC transaction and Shandong investment. In terms of our exploration projects, we expect an updated LEPLAC resource estimate at ET within Q2 with the reserve estimate following soon after mid-year. At Hyundai, an updated carry area resource estimate is also expected in Q2 with the maiden reserve estimate for carry west by mid-year. Finally, with FETECRO, an updated resource estimate is due in the middle of the year. We then hope to carry out a PEA in Q3. All in all, it's a very exciting year for Endeavor, and I'd like to thank the team for their incredibly hard work, both over the past few years to help us reach this strong financial position, and also over the last quarter, during which we had to grapple with the challenges of COVID-19. I'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved as a team, and I look forward to seeing what the rest of the year brings for us. And we now have some time to take your questions. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. As a reminder, if you wish to ask a question, please press star on one on your telephone and wait for your name to be announced. If you wish to cancel your request, please press the hash key. Once again, please press star on one if you wish to ask a question. 
Your first question comes from the line of Avis Habib, Scotia Bank. Please go ahead. Hi, everyone, um, and uh, congrats on a great quarter. Um, Sebastian, I just had a couple of questions more uh, related to uh, COVID. Um, and, and look, it was really great to hear that uh, all your operations are running um, you know, smoothly. Um, do you see any impacts to costs as, uh, as you deploy and follow new COVID protocols and procedures? Thanks, Avais. Uh, no, at this stage, I mean, we don't see uh, impact on, on cost, whether on the supply chain or on our operations. I mean, the cost is mainly uh, the, um, uh, the cost of responding to COVID-19 through uh, the enhanced equipments that uh, we've provided to our sites, but also to the uh, donation that uh, we've made uh, to the host countries where we operate. Uh, and and at, at this point, uh, we have a, a total um, investment cost uh, either for internal responses or uh, for supporting uh, the host countries of about $6 million. Got it. And, and just, uh, just on that, and uh, in terms of obviously the government's also a little bit distracted with this whole COVID situation, uh, are you witnessing any, any delays in sort of uh, you know, receiving or even you know, talking about permits with uh, the government officials? I'm specifically talking about, you know, the Flack and, and, and carry pump areas. And it looks like everything seems to be running smoothly and, and you guys are looking to um, at least start mining at carry pump uh, by the end of uh, this year. Yeah, we have, um, I think that, uh, you know, things are, are going uh, pretty smoothly. Um, and uh, I, I think that's, you know, probably thanks to the uh, strong relationship that we've been building progressively with, uh, with our host countries. Uh, they want uh, us. They want to support us. Uh, they know that uh, those operations are also uh, important and key for them. Uh, and uh, you know, I must say that uh, you know, in, in both Cote d'Ivoire and Burkina Faso, uh, we've done, despite the COVID-19 crisis and uh, work-at-home principles and uh, quarantines and, and so on, uh, we've been working very efficiently and diligently with uh, the two uh, Ministry of Mines in Cote d'Ivoire and Burkina Faso, and we have made some. Uh, uh, extremely positive progress on on both fronts. Uh, as an example, for uh, you know, carry pump, we have the uh, uh, commission uh, of the uh, um, uh, government, uh, which is uh, scheduled for the uh, end of May, uh, and therefore we are expecting to have uh, probably even earlier than what we expected uh, the uh, the carry pump permit, uh, which means uh, you know as early as uh, end of Q2. Excellent. Um, so that's it for me, uh, Sebastian. Uh, but uh, again, just wanted to say congrats on a, on a great quarter. Thank you very much, Avais. Thank you. And your next question comes from the line of Chris Thompson, PI Financial. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Congratulations. An absolutely stellar quarter. I think Avais has answered, uh, or rather asked, uh, a number of the questions I was going to ask. But um, I have one remaining here. Just looking at uh, Eddie at the moment, uh, the Deplu, um, um, obviously, deposit here. What are you noticing as far as the, uh, the, the metallurgical characteristics of the deposit? Are they, are they in line with expectations? Uh, obviously, this is going to be an important component, I guess, of the, uh, of the, of the second half uh, production. Sure. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Mark, you want to give some, uh, some uh, color on that? Yeah, Chris, we've run a number of different trials uh, looking at the, I guess, the 
you know, it relates to the, the fresh ore and the um, arsenopyrite content. And we've done some trials on both low-grade and high-grade. I guess, encouragingly, when we put in the low-grade uh, portion, we do see uh, decent recovery sort of in the range of the mid-70%. Um, although, conversely, when we put the high-grade in, we do see the, the lower recoveries, which are um, indicated in the DFS. And what we're doing, um, because we, we do recognise that that is still, um, you know, quite a lot of gold going under the tailing stem over the life of um, the deposit. So what we're doing is a, a number of tests, uh, metallurgical tests, which are well underway. And we are considering some, um, you know, what we can do with the flow sheet um, to try and recover some additional gold. So as, as I was stating, uh, at this point in time, it's sort of tracking with the DFS. So we do recognise the um, the loss of gold to tailings. Great, thanks. And just, Mark, just quickly, uh, what sort of component uh, percentage ways of, of mill feed would uh, would Diplo um, uh, comprise? For for the year, it's probably sitting at um, about thirty percent um, of the mill feed, twenty five to thirty percent. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Congratulations. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. And your next question comes from the line of Justin Chan, Numerous Securities. Please go ahead. Uh, afternoon, guys. Um, thanks a lot. And uh, again, like the others, congrats on, on a very strong quarter. Um, my first question is um, a little bit related to a non-core op, perhaps. Um, Karma had a very good quarter and, and a good unsustained margin contribution. The gold price is, is now quite attractive, and that, that asset, um, I, I believe, should have a fair amount of, of price optionality, just given the, the volume of material. You made a fairly large write down there. Is there any, um, I guess, can you give us your latest thinking on how you look at that operation? How much does the gold price change things? And is this quarter an indication that things might be better there than you expected? Might we see some changes to, to that write down, perhaps reversing? Thanks, Justin. Well, I think on, on Karma we are, and, and we tend to have always a, a cautious approach to, uh, uh, to all our assets. Um, we've been running this asset in the uh, you know, 1200, 1300 you know, gold price environment rather than a 1700 plus you know, uh, gold price environment, which obviously are, are changing uh, the, uh, uh, the, optional, uh, the option value of, uh, of Karma going forward. Uh, including in the um, uh, vicinity for uh, additional resources uh, and including uh, the potential for uh, adding significant resources on the refractory side, uh, which we never really uh, looked at uh, in the past given the, uh, the gold price environment. So, you know, we, we, we keep that option in the portfolio. Uh, we'll see going forward if, uh, you know, uh, this option is best used for us uh, or best used for someone else. Um, we don't have to rush. That's a good thing, uh, and uh, and therefore we uh, we're happy with uh, you know the way have been uh, have been changing over the last uh, 12, 18 months. I see. Um, another one's related to, to COVID and just the situation in country and the integration of of the SEMFO assets when that when that transaction presumably closes. Is it is the current state of affairs? Um, in country uh, such that you, you'd be able to to quickly integrate operations uh, and, and turn them into endeavor operations? Is there much work to do from that perspective? And just from a security perspective, can you 
remind me what the status of the of the landing strips are at the SEMFO assets and whether COVID or, or anything else is, is impacted on that timeline? Sure. Um, well, on the on the integration, so we are actively working as a, as a, as a joint team uh, on the uh, on the integration, uh, in particular pre-closing. Uh, we've been uh, uh, very active, and we have uh, numerous streams on all functions and operations going on uh, in order to be uh, as effective as possible from uh, from day one of the closing. Um, the good thing is that uh, you know both both companies have uh, you know strong teams in uh, in country, uh, which means that uh, despite COVID-19, there are a lot of things that can be done from uh, from day one uh, from an operation standpoint. Uh, on the uh, on the security front, uh, our head of security uh, has been actively working with the uh, Semaphore guys to uh, to review uh, all the um, uh, Semaphore security protocols and and prepare you know to put in place uh, uh, our own uh, security protocols from the closing date. Uh, so this is uh, this is progressing well uh, also. Um, on the, uh, I would say, security in country, uh, there has been some uh, some big progress uh, already made in the uh, in the north part of uh, of Burkina. Uh, you probably, uh, you know, I mentioned several times that uh, uh, we were hoping that uh, you know the fact that the uh, French were repositioning the uh, the Barkan force, all the uh, uh, 3,500 French soldiers which are deployed in in Mali uh, that have been uh, repositioned in the uh, uh, three border region in the north part of Burkina. Uh, we've seen some significant already progress on uh, on that front. Uh, they are not doing a lot of uh, publicity on it, but uh, we know on the ground that uh, there has been uh, uh, some uh, some good progress made uh, in in the north. And I think that uh, you know this will help uh, going forward to uh, to prepare also some uh, some strong operation in the east part of the country, uh, which is important for us for the restart of Bungu that we are still scheduling uh, to be in uh, in Q4. Um, has been some good progress with Semafo on. Uh, uh, finalizing um, the um, awarding the uh, uh, contract mining uh, to uh, to a third party there has been a short list and uh, and we hope that uh, you know this will be done in in finalized in in June or July. So overall, I think we uh, we are in good shape. There's a very strong again coordination and, and communication on a, on a daily basis between uh, the Semafo teams and the Endeavor team uh, in order to have a very smooth and effective transition by uh, by the closing date. I see, and, and just sorry, um, to, on the on the airstrips at um, at Mana and Bongu, are they are they completed now? And if if not, what what's the plan or what is the expected timeline on that? Uh, they are not completed yet, but uh, uh, Mana is the one that uh, uh, will be um, prepared and, and ready very shortly. Uh, while Bongu, the objective is to have it uh, ready before. Uh, we uh, uh, we restart the mining at Bungu. Uh, so again, uh, you know, before uh, beginning of Q4. Okay, thanks. That's really helpful. And my last one's on um, on Hyundai and the um, just just the capex profile there, and perhaps uh, for the group. I'm um, just just reading the text. It, it seems like some degree of capex was deferred. Um, I guess can can you give me a sense of your capex profile in Q2 and Q3? Is there any spillover from the first half into the second half at this point? Uh, overall, I think there are only, uh, I would say there's a few million dollars on Hyundai that has been uh, um, delayed compared to uh, what we initially expected from uh, from Q1 and that will be spread between Q2 and Q3. Uh, but uh, I'm not I'm not expecting a big, uh, a big impact on that. Uh, and, and again, the biggest 
point for us was to ensure that we get ready with uh, with carry pump and and uh, you know we were uh, hoping that the uh, uh, covid-19 environment would not delay uh, the award of the uh, uh, carry pump uh, mining permit uh, and and so far things have, uh, have progressed uh, very well uh, so uh, you know hopefully we we should have this permit before uh, before end of q2 or beginning of uh, very early beginning of q3 I see. And so that and that will determine sort of a, a degree of pre-strip timing. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, exactly. Okay, great. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, again, congrats. I'll, and I'll free up the line. Thank you very much, Justin. Thank you. And your next question comes from the line of Richard Hatch, Berenberg. Please go ahead. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, thanks, team, and, and congrats on a on a solid quarter. Um, first one's just on the on the, the cash flow statement. Um, so Q1, you didn't see too well. You didn't see too much of a working cap build, if any at all. Um, is there anything going on there, and, and should we expect to see any kind of working capital build, just in terms of stocks and inventories and such like, um, into Q2? Can um, I take that one, sir? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, Louis, yeah. do you want to go on? Yeah, I was expecting the question, uh, Richard. Thanks for that. Um, what I did flag at, at, um, at, the, at the full year results when you asked me the question um, was um, that receivable, so that, um, you know, we are going into an election here in Burkina Faso and, you know, um, getting that recovered uh, might be challenging. And I think that's, that's the one change we've seen. Uh, since the end of the year, so you know they've introduced a new um, process for for certification. Uh, COVID has had an impact on on them in terms of getting officials to the office. So um, so there has been a, a build up there um, on VAT receivables. In terms of inventories at the moment, um, we have seen a um, a reduction in, in consumables. Um, do not expect a, a big change at this point in time. Um, uh, over the second quarter, uh, we've also drawn down on inventories as, as Marcus picked up in, in his operations report and finished goods. So, you know, I, I don't think um, at this stage uh, we anticipate um, major changes, say, for um, VAT receivables potentially um, at this stage. Okay. Helpful. Thanks. And then um, uh, the other thing I would say, Richard, is um, uh, on, the, on the working cap, in particular on consumable. Uh, we're starting to see, in fact, the impact of uh, uh, the policies that uh, we started 12, 18 months ago in renegotiating all the contracts at the group level for Endeavor, and in particular moving on uh, um, stock consignment with uh, a lot of our key suppliers and therefore reducing progressively our own inventories. Okay, cool. So you just hold them in a, um, in a centralized hub within country rather than on your own balance sheet? Yeah, exactly, and and they hold the stock for us on uh, on site, uh, and we pay yeah. as we uh, as we take them rather than having to pay for the stock. Okay, cool, thanks. Um, it's good, good business. Um, question on Fatecro, um, Patrick, if you were to close your eyes and dream on Lafique, what do you think that you could take that resource to? Don't don't tell to all all your tricks, Patrick. <laughs> I don't know if Patrick is still on the, on the line. Yes, uh, yes, maybe. Yes, okay. I'm here. Yeah. Well, I, I cannot answer to that. The fact is, uh, uh, all what I can say that uh, since we announced the 1.2 million answers indicated, it has been uh, uh, going quite, very, quite well for us. 
Uh, we have been expanding uh, significantly Fetecro uh, toward the south uh, in both uh, uh, in all area in the center, in the north, and also in the central part. So uh, it's a bit uh, uh, difficult for me to answer this question. We are very happy with the results we have to date. We still have, uh, let's say, uh, uh, 30% of the drilling results to, to be received and to be integrated. I don't know, uh, but uh, I think uh, the increase is going to be significant compared to the 1.2 million answers we announced last year. And again, Fetecro uh, will not be, La Figue will not be closed even after we publish this uh, resource. There is still uh, uh, lateral potential and potential adepts probably. So sorry not to answer, to give any number, but. Uh, Uh, we are very uh, happy uh, with this uh, deposit that is coming, uh, becoming nicer and nicer. Thank you. That's right. It's a bit of a cheeky question. Um, <laughs> and then last two. Um, first one, uh, just on Curry Centre and, and the gap. Um, sorry, just to be clear, is there anything we should be reading into that in terms of you having to do additional work on the network and the geotech work, or is that just simply, as you allude to in the release, just down to its size? Uh, if I may go on, uh, just, uh, yes, uh, uh, if you remember, Carry Center was not a very large uh, deposit. We had only 140,000 ounces. Uh, on top of that, uh, the grade was uh, uh, lower than Carry West and uh, indeed Carry Pump. Uh, what we have been uh, working on is to closing uh, the gap, so the name of Carry Gap between uh, Carry Center and the Carry South area. Uh, it's, uh, it's not going to be huge, but it's going to be significant because we expect the grade to be uh, uh, in between uh, carry west and uh, carry pump. So it's significant, and uh, due to this, uh, we are uh, running right now geotech and med test on this area, so that's why uh, we are going to book only reserve on carry west, which is much more advanced, and later on with the year, on the reserve on the carry center, uh, carry gap, and a little bit carry south, what we will be able to book. Okay, thank you. Uh, and, and sorry, my last one is just on a T, just on those fees that you had to pay in the quarter um, uh, based on the original kind of increase in your interest. Um, just with the exploration work you're doing there, should we expect to see any more um, cash flow going out in terms of that? Uh, not sure, Richard, which uh, which fee you're uh, uh, you're referring to. Uh, I think it was it like a five, a five million dollar fee in the cash flow statement with regards to um, to yeah, Is it Le Plac? Ah, that was uh, that was probably for Le Plac. This was the um, uh, how do you call that the earnout uh, on the acquisition of um, of the last twenty uh, percent. Uh, interest in um, uh, in ET, uh, yeah. where we agreed that um, uh, any any further discoveries uh, we would pay about one dollar uh, per uh, indicated answers uh, that we discover. So it's not uh, it's not uh, not not big amounts. Okay, but but just based on okay, fine. I, I can follow up with you uh, later on. Right, no worries. Thanks for your time and uh, congrats. Thank you, Richard. 
Thank you. And your next question comes to the line of Fahad Tariq from Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my questions. Um, I noticed there wasn't much discussion on Kalana, um, even though uh, a pre-feasibility is expected in the second half of the year. Can you talk a little bit about how that fits into the kind of priorities? It sounds like Fetacro is, is, is a bit more of a priority. Is that fair? Or maybe any color on that would be helpful. Yeah, well, no, it's it's not that uh, in terms of priority it's um, uh, downgraded. It's more that the um, uh, current strategy is uh, 20 and 21 to be completely focused on cash flow generation, and therefore we not expect to launch any new um, um, uh, new project uh, before the end of 21, beginning of 22. Uh, and therefore what we want is to have uh, as much optionality as possible in the portfolio in being able to uh, uh, figure out uh, by end of 21 uh, which one from a, a return perspective uh, is the most attractive uh, between the different uh, you know, projects that we will have in the, uh, in the portfolio by that time. Um, so Kalana is pretty well uh, advanced and we are expecting the uh, updated PFS in, uh, in September. And therefore, there's been more focus right now on FETECRO in order for FETECRO uh, to come as quickly as possible uh, at par in terms of development uh, as Kalana so that we can really take, uh, I would say, uh, um, uh, a proper uh, decision on one or the other by the end of 21. Okay, great. That's really helpful. And my only other question was um, just switching gears on uh, security in Burkina Faso. Has, have there been any more discussions with the government potentially providing uh, security support uh, particularly now that you know you'll you'll once the deal closes you'll become the largest gold miner in the country um, any updates there well we we have a very uh, uh, I would say very open and, uh, uh, and 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 frequent dialogue with the uh, um, authorities in in Burkina Faso in particular around security I think we have a very strong relationship with them and uh, hopefully uh, you know you'll be able to see uh, those uh, uh, through the um, uh, when we'll be announcing the restart of Bungu and uh, all the security plans that goes with uh, with Bungu, uh, which I think will will demonstrate that we've made some uh, some very good progress around uh, around Bungu and that uh, that particular area. Um, on the rest of the assets uh, that we currently operate or the other assets of Semafo, uh, again, they are all in, in regions and parts of Burkina Faso where there is no real, uh, I would say, challenge uh, from a security perspective, uh, and, and therefore there hasn't been any particular updates uh, except the fact that uh, we've been progressively increasing and reviewing whenever it's required uh, with, our own, uh, with our own team. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Sahad. Thank you. We will now take our final question, and the question comes from the line of Jordi Mark, Hayward Securities. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Um, and good afternoon. Thanks for the time today. Um, just, just quickly then, and transitioning, I guess, from, from operations and money sure over to, to the holistic viewpoint on the company going forward. You know, given the augmented sort of asset portfolio base that you're likely to get, I guess, come uh, come June. Um, can you uh, give us an idea on the holistic sort of approach to milestones and, and uh, investment sort of thresholds that you'd be looking at um, in terms of managing those assets going forward in terms of what could be core, non-core, what you would look at in terms of you know, maturing along a development pipeline, et cetera? 
um, and what you see as being a manageable number of assets um, across Africa. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Jody. Well, we um, I think we presented at the end of uh, uh, as part of our year-end results for 19 uh, that our target is to bring progressively the overall portfolio of Endeavor uh, to uh, um, closer and closer to 20 percent return on capital employed. Uh, in order to reach that, when you look at you know on a per asset basis, uh, obviously there are some assets which are uh, far away from uh, from that number, in particular Karma. Uh, so um, we will continue to review as we've done in the past in terms of uh, portfolio optimization in order to ensure that uh, uh, we keep and focus our management team on assets that are really generating the level of returns that we are expecting uh, for the company and for uh, and for our shareholders. Uh, so obviously, Gamma is clearly under under scrutiny. Um, in terms of uh, overall number of uh, of assets, uh, I always said that uh, you know between. Five to eight assets is uh, is something which is manageable. In particular, if those assets are all uh, into the same, uh, I would say, region, uh, and this is why we've been really focusing as much as we can in continuing to grow in West Africa rather than having to go outside West Africa. Because from a pure operational standpoint, it obviously ease a lot uh, our our management structure and ability to uh, to manage uh, more assets uh, into into the same region. Great, that'll do for me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. I will now hand back over to you, sir, for closing remarks. Thank you very much, operator. Um, thank you all for attending our uh, Q1 results. Um, hope you keep all safe uh, in this uh, COVID-19 crisis. And uh, looking forward to uh, speaking again to uh, all of you uh, for our Q2 results uh, at the end of uh, July. Thank you very much and have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.